You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Also heard on the radio on the bet. Yes, you can hear us on Saturday evenings there. So, hearty hello to you. For those of you watching us on YouTube, we are actually doing this show live. On Wednesday evening, we usually do our podcast for Thursday morning, and you will get this. So if you're if you didn't catch the YouTube last night, now if you're listening to us on Thursday, then you're then you're in your car, you're going to work, whatever you're doing on this Thursday morning. Of course, the Raiders play uh, Thursday night against the Chargers at home. Lots of news to go through and talk about on today's show. Uh, I am Scott Branson, your host, along with my co-host, my partner in all of this. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on X at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and the show is SNB today. So thank you for uh, all being with us. Lots of news going on as the Raiders prepare just to map out the show for you tonight. We're going to go over some of the news that broke today. The great interview, credit and shout out to Tashawn Reed at The Athletic for getting some time with Mark Davis to talk about the state of the Raiders, the state of the GM search, the state of the coaching situation, which has been a hot topic for us here and a lot of you who interact with us. So we're going to talk about that. We'll also talk about injury updates for the Raiders, significant for the Raiders and for the Chargers who keep losing people as well. We'll get through that. And then we're going to get into five crucial questions the Raiders need to answer the final four weeks. Uh, a piece you got to go read. Mo did a piece on that exact subject on SportsNot on Wednesday. So go go to SportsNot.com and read that one. But we're going to go over that here. Mo, let's jump right in first. Um, let's start with the injury news. First of all, the Chargers, we know without Justin Herbert, Austin, uh, Easton Stick, I almost called him Austin. Easton Stick is going to start at quarterback. Keenan Allen is now out as well. On the Raiders side, we found out today, Devontae Adams has an illness, assuming it's like a flu or something like that. I'm sure he'll be 
out there ready to go. Uh, but the Raiders are without two starting offensive linemen again. Colton Miller is out once again, and is Andre James, the center who got injured uh, in the last contest. So you look at this game, I know a lot of Raider fans licking their chops saying, oh, now the Chargers without Easton, or excuse me, without Justin Herbert, without Keenan Allen. But the Raiders up front are two men down on an offensive line that's done pretty well this year, ranked 12th in the NFL overall, by the way. For all of you who say they stink, it's they're, they're ranked 12th. Um, but you look at that, and depth this time of the year becomes an issue. Mo, you look at this game, and we're going to get into it in the final segment to talk about it more in depth. Uh, but those injuries are significant on both sides, and so we could have another 6-3, 10-7 kind of game because these teams, I think, are both going to struggle. Yeah, I joked about we could see another 3-0 game for the Raiders, and hopefully it's 3-0 in favor of the Raiders and not the opponent, but I think this is an important game for one Aiden O'Connell because there are rumors swirling that maybe the Raiders are considering a quarterback change. I don't see the point in benching Aiden O'Connell now. If you weren't going to bench him against the Vikings when it was 0-0 and you had a chance to win the game and keep your slim playoff hopes alive, I don't see what's the point of benching him now. You might as well just ride it out with the rookie these last four games. Just remember the Raiders would be on the hook for Jimmy Garoppolo's 11.25 million injury guarantee if he gets hurt or can't pass the physical on March 18th, 2024. So that's a reason enough to want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. And as we saw early in the season, he was in the blue tent a whole lot. He was getting dinged up a lot. So I keep Jimmy G on the sideline. Um, but I do think the Raiders win this football game. I do have a, a Bleacher Report piece coming out where I have my NFL picks against the spread and straight up. Everyone on my staff picked the Raiders to win. So that's seven people on, on the panel. All picked the Raiders to cover the spread, minus three, and to win straight up. And that was before the Keenan Allen news. So just know that, you know, if you look at Easton Stick and what the Chargers had going, because they're probably going to fire their head coach at the end of the year. And what the Raiders have, even with Josh Jacobs dinged up, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers should be enough to get the Raiders a W. And I've, as I've said this past couple of weeks now, even though I've been fighting a lot of pushback on this, I, I still think winning matters for Antonio Pierce's head coaching candidacy. If he wants to be the head coach, I think the Raiders have to win some games here. He's not going to get the job if they lose out. Yeah, and and we've heard a lot from people over the last few days uh, disagreeing with our assessment of that. A lot of people who want to make excuses for him. And, and listen, it's not about people, oh, you don't like him and you don't. No, it's not about that. You have to show progress. And in uh, this is where we'll go into the next point, which is uh, Tashawn Reed in The Athletic today had a great interview with Mark Davis, asking him about all this, asking him about what it's going to take for Antonio Pierce to get the job. In essence, he was very noncommittal, said, look, we're going to see how it goes. It's a week by week thing. Uh, and and that's what we've been saying on this show is there's no decision to be made yet. Um, I do think losing three in a row has not helped his chances. That's what we've said all along here. And so I think it'll be very difficult for him to keep the job unless they can put together three wins uh, at, at the final four weeks or something like that. That's just my opinion. Uh, and 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 I think what we saw in the interview, Mo was similar, right? I mean, you heard some of the same things from Mark Davis, although not as e explicit. But when it comes to the GM champ Kelly, I think you could hear a little more reading between, or I should say reading between the lines. You could see, hey, he's a guy I interviewed last year. I really liked him to begin with. And uh, so, so he's got a leg up. 
And then when he talked about Antonio Pierce, he, of course, praised what he's done because he'd stepped into a difficult situation. And, and as we've said on the show, he deserves all the credit in the world for doing that. And he's a good man. But he was not as committal and didn't really say much about that. What did you take from the way he answered those questions, particularly about Coach Pierce? I think Champ Kelly has a strong chance to keep the job simply because Mark Davis has admitted multiple times now that he liked Champ Kelly when he first interviewed him a year and a half ago. I, again, I'm going to say this again. Had he not hired Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels as a package deal, Champ Kelly would have probably been the GM to begin with. So I, I think Champ Kelly, there's a good chance he gets the job. And then I think, Mark, not I think, I read from Tashawn's piece that Mark Davis says that the GM has to have some say in who's the head coach. So if Champ Kelly wants Antonio Pierce on, on the coaching staff, then Antonio Pierce then has an inside track. But I also think that Mark Davis is going to insert his decision-making and say, well, these are the candidates that I like. Pick from this pool of candidates. You know, not to say he was going to disqualify Antonio Pierce, but I think Mark Davis is also going to have his say because he didn't say the GM would ultimately make the ultimate decision. He basically said he's going to make the decision, but the GM is going to have some say-so in that. So reading in between the lines, I get the feeling that Champ Kelly, I, w- I won't say he has a job, but I would say he ha- he's the front runner right now. With Antonio Pierce and Mark Davis admit that he's still learning new things about Antonio Pierce. I think when Antonio Pierce was promoted to interim head coach, he said he didn't know much about Antonio Pierce. So he's still learning about Pierce as not only a head coach and in interim, but a person. And I think that's going to play into his decision at the end of the season. But let me tell you, Scott, there are a lot of people out there telling me that the decision has already been made, that that Mark Davis doesn't want to blow anything up, and it's all set and done, the haze in the barn, and Champ Kelly is going to be the GM, and Antonio Pierce is going to be the head coach. Now, of course, <laughs> Mark Davis has to go through an interview process, so he's not going to say even if right. he has made the decision. But I think it's it's plausible to believe that he's going to keep his options open because, as I said, last year he settled on Josh McDaniels before the offseason hit. And he admitted that was a mistake, not keeping an open mind. And I think he's going to stick to his word this time and actually keep an open mind and an open search. Yeah, it certainly seemed that way from the interview. And and he also talked about, you talk about some of the things. Now, of course, when when you when I say this, uh, what Mark Davis said in this interview, of course, I'm, we're going to get some people out there won't believe it because um, everybody thinks some people are lying and all this kind of stuff. But he said, we heard this narrative, right? We heard stories reported that, that Josh McDaniels had oversight on player personnel, and he said no to C.J. Stroud, and they were going to go to Bryce Young. Uh, Mark Davis said that's not true. Mark Davis today said that, in essence, Dave Ziegler had all the call on the uh, the, the the player personnel moves. So some of that, and I, this is what I like. You know, mo- most owners um, do a little more media than Mark Davis. I wouldn't say a lot. Depends on the ownership group. But, but with all that's transpired, it was good to see, and I'm glad Mark Davis decided to speak to somebody because I think you had to dispel some of those rumors. And I'm sure that's why, too. Because all this stuff about Rich Bisacci and John Grew, all that stuff. Now, they didn't talk about that, but they did. the question about Dave Ziegler and the moves and player personnel, which Mark Davis also said he's, he intimated he also has input there as well, by the way, uh, in the interview – so, but but it was good to clear that up too because there's been conflicting reports, and now we have it right from the owner that that was not the case. I understand exactly what he was saying, though. But 
this is why I said I didn't give Dave Ziegler a pass for what for the mess that the Rays are in right now is you are the GM, right? And even in the introductory press conference, he said he was going to have personnel. He's going to make personnel decisions. Now, the reports that came out about it was all Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler was just a, you know, a backseat driver. Right. I, I kind of looked at that with a side eye because even if that was the case, if Mark Davis says, Ziegler, you are the GM, you have the power to make these decisions, it's upon Ziegler to insert his power. If you let the head coach run all over you and make the decisions, that's on you because you, you, you have the right to exercise your power too. Mark Davis puts you in that position. And for you not to exercise that power, that's on you. That's not on Mark Davis. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing. People have personal responsibility and you have a job. You're given a job. Uh, and so if that's if that's not what you're doing, then that's on you, to your point. Uh, but but interesting. OK, let's dive in, Mo, to to what we wanted to talk about here, too. And we'll do that over the first two segments, because I think it's worthy. Uh, Mo's piece today on SportsNot.com uh, is a great one, because I think there are when we look at the final four weeks of the season, what are the questions that not that need to be answered? What can the Raiders do? Also, for all of you saying, sit this guy, sit that guy. Max Crosby made it very clear this afternoon. If you saw the video or saw the quote from Vinny Bonsignor over at the RJ, uh, he said, what are you effing kidding me? No, we're, we're pros. We play 17 games. We, we, we go out there and we do what we want to do. So, so anybody, again, these are all weird situations where people project their own feelings into the discussion. That's not how professional athletes are built. They don't go out there and say, ah, well, we're not in the playoffs, so we're going to go out there and just lollygag. It's not how it works. And it was good to see him say that. But there are questions to be answered. We talked about them last episode, Mo, about players, uh, the roster, and things like that. So let's run through what you wrote about on on SportsNet. The first thing you talked about was a hot topic this week up until a few hours ago uh, when all the NFL insiders started breaking that uh, Aiden O'Connell most likely is going to start. I didn't really think that that was not going to happen. And no one has called. We talked on the show about uh, the last game when the Raiders couldn't move the ball of putting Garoppolo in the game, not to permanently unseat Aiden O'Connell, because you and I have been very clear on this show that he should start the rest of the way. There's no doubt about that. So um, you poised that question in your in your column, too, about should the Raiders bench Aiden O'Connell? And the answer was no. Talk about why, because I don't see anybody calling for that, period, but let's make sure we address it and why you don't go to Jimmy Garoppolo. There are many, many reasons. Uh, and the biggest reason to me is because you need to see Aiden O'Connell play. Believe it or not, there are people out there calling for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> but it's it just doesn't make any sense from multiple perspectives. One, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the future. I, I believe the Rays are going to move on the first chance they get from Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's one. Two, as I mentioned earlier, the Rays will be on the hook for $11.25 million for an injury guarantee if he gets hurt. Or cannot pass the physical March 18, 2024. That's number two. Three, Aiden O'Connell could be your backup of the future. So right now is the time he can get those meaningful snaps in live action against the Chargers, against the Chiefs, against the Colts, against the Broncos. You let him play out the season because then you figure out, okay, is this guy good enough to be our solid backup for the long term? Whoever the starting quarterback is for 2024, is Aiden O'Connell good enough to be number two? And I think that four games gives him enough time to, again, get those meaningful uh, snaps in the regular season. So the Raiders have to figure out not just what Aiden O'Connell is because they've been doing that since Antonio Pierce took over, 
and gave him the job in, in week nine against the Giants. But now they have to figure out where does he fit in their future if he does fit in their future. Is he the future backup? Is he good enough to push whoever comes into that quarterback room in 2024? We'll find out. And I think him having his best game passer rating-wise against the Chiefs was big for Aiden O'Connell. Now coming out of the bye, didn't play so well. So I'm really I'm interested to see how he bounces back. And that's why it made no sense to start Garoppolo against the Chargers because you want to see how the kid bounces back from a bad game. And I think that's that, that will tell you a lot about how he will progress and how he's able to handle tough situations and step into tough situations because if he's the backup, guess what? If the starting quarterback goes down, he's got to be able to be composed, step in, and lead that team to victory. And I think going into these last four games, it'll show you about how he deals with pressure, how he deals with ups and downs. And I think he spoke about it at the podium. He said he doesn't make football everything because it'll bog you down if you make football everything. He's still trying to have fun with the game while learning on the job, and I think that's important. Yeah, it, it is, absolutely. And, and that's what you got. I mean, look, we've talked about, and we had, we had some of our listeners and viewers get mad at us, Mo. They're mad because we talked about Aiden O'Connell being his lack of mobility, which is his big downfall, right? As far as, or I shouldn't say downfall. It is his big weakness uh, in today's NFL, especially when you don't have a, you know, a great, great offensive line in front of you. And, and, but, but that said, he still needs the time. He, there's nothing like live first team reps in the NFL, especially for a quarterback like that. And he had a bad game. Listen, he's had good games too. It's not like he's looked that way all along. And you're like, wow, I don't even know if this guy's going to make it as a backup. So it, it's good that, that Antonio Pierce, now he might've made him want him to sweat a little bit, you know, just to kind of send a point and say, Hey, be, you know, be on your P's and Q's and make sure you're, you're ready to go against the chargers uh, tomorrow night. On Thursday, but that said, there's no reason not to play him, and and because, like you said, Garoppolo, Hoyer are not in your future, and unless he went down with an injury, God forbid, then there's no reason to put anybody else in there. In fact, as bad as it would be, I would make Hoyer your number two quarterback and make Garoppolo inactive because, to your point about 11.25 million, what are you going to do? So we'll we'll see what they do there uh, on on game day tomorrow. When it comes. All right. So that's the first one. Anything else, Mo, on that situation with Aiden O'Connell and the quarterback? I mean, look, the Raiders need to draft a quarterback. But in the in the interim, you're right. They need to. He, he's developable. I mean, he can develop into, I believe, a very good uh, quarterback in the NFL, backup quarterback at the very least. And then maybe he surprises. Maybe he somehow gets more fleet of foot. We'll see. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You don't gain athleticism with age, I'm just going to put that out there. But <laughs> I, I, I just don't I, want anybody to get mad at us. Look, I don't care who gets mad at us. The <laughs> NFL is trending in a direction where you need a you need a functioning mobile quarterback. And a lot of people yeah. said, "Well, Mo, you did you change your." De-. I saw a comment comment on YouTube. You change your definition of functioning mobile. I would say go back into my Twitter. I've been very consistent about what a functioning mobile yes. quarterback is. It's not a running quarterback because a lot of people, as soon as I said functioning mobile quarterback, they start naming Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. That's not what I mean because those no. are the two quarterbacks that rush for the most yards among starters in the league. It's not what I mean. 
Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, all functioning mobile quarterbacks. They're also pocket passing quarterbacks. That's what I'm talking about. A quarterback who can throw from the pocket, but also move when he has to move in case his offensive line isn't blocking well. Very simple. It's not complicated. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, so so we'll see what happens there. But Aiden O'Connell uh, going to start uh, against the Chargers on Thursday night. So we'll see how that all rolls out and see if he, excuse me, if he bounces back. Um, now, staying on the offense, one of the things that I've heard consistently, and, it, and I, I agree with it, is that Bo Hardegree struggled. Here is a guy calling the offense uh, who's not done it before, okay? So so we we talk about the lack of experience for Antonio Pierce being a coordinator or head coach, which is true. Uh, Bo Hardegree has no experience doing that at all either. He has not been a play caller. Outside of what looks like scripted plays in the first series of each game, uh, he struggles, especially in situational um, um with situational awareness when the offense is struggling, you know, what to dial up to get things moving. Uh, and, and a lot of fans have taken out their uh, frustration on him. He was put into a weird position because uh, again, he's had zero experience doing that, but uh, you have an alternative and that is Scott Turner. Why don't they turn over the play calling to Scott Turner? Is that something that's on Antonio Pierce or what What would make that happen, Mo? I mean, is that something that we would see? Would he would announce that? I mean, we saw Bo Hardegree do the press conferences this week, so nothing's changed there. Uh, tell us why it would be good, maybe a good opportunity to try it out and see what Scott Turner can do. First of all, I want to say Scott Turner isn't the golden boy of offensive coordinators out there. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's a top 10 coordinator or he's going to fix everything wrong with his offense. All I'm saying is that he can't be any worse than Bo Hardegree. <laughs> and he ran he ran the Washington Commanders offense for three seasons from 2020 to 2022. Washington's offense was no better than, I believe, 20 in yards or points scored. Again, not great. But the Raiders right now are 28th in scoring and 29th in yards. Worse than that. So it can't, it can't be any worse than what Bo Hardegree is doing. And at least Scott Turner has some play calling experience where Bo Hardegree has none before this year. So I suggested Scott Turner. Edgar Ben is the other former offensive coordinator on staff, but he was under Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, and that was Mike McCarthy's offense. So when it comes to actually calling plays and running an offense by yourself, not by yourself, but being the primary play caller, Scott Turner has that experience. So I feel like if the Raiders are going to make a change, and it will have to go through Antonio Pierce because he is the interim head coach. The head coach makes that decision who calls the plays if it's not him. Right. I, I vividly remember in Carolina when before the Panthers fired Frank Wright, he handed over play calling duties to, I believe, his offensive coordinator, who was also, I believe, coach running backs recently. Didn't go well, and he took play calling duties back. Nick Sariani in Philadelphia, he handed offensive play calling duties to Shane Steichen in the year that the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, um, got a first, they had a first round exit in the playoffs. They got to the play, playoffs the first year under Nick Sariani. He handed over play calling duties to Shane Steichen. It was a first-round exit. I believe they lost to Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Shane Steichen turned into one now one of the top offensive coordinators in the league. Look at what he's doing with Indianapolis Colts right now. So, again, that decision to hand over who gets the play calling duties on offense or on, on defense goes to the head coach, in this case for the Raiders, the interim head coach, and Antonio Pierce. So if a change is made, he would have to make that decision. Yes, Yes, he would. Uh, and and we haven't heard that that's going to happen this game. But yeah, again, there's there's four weeks left. 
we'll see what happens with that. Okay, for our audio folks listening to us on Odyssey or Apple, wherever you get the podcast, we're going to take a quick break. For those of you watching us live on YouTube, we're not going anywhere, but we'll be back for the audio folks right after this message, Silver and Black. Today in Odyssey Original Podcast, don't forget, if you don't already subscribe, please do so wherever you get your audio. We'll be right back.